I hear a lot of people think about starting a business and they spend time on what they think is like the fun stuff that's not going to really bring them revenue. Hey everyone, this is Angie Morgan-Wakowski, New York Times bestselling author, Marine Corps veteran, serial entrepreneur, but more importantly to everybody listening, I am the host of the Bet On You podcast. And what is so exciting about this program is season three, we're featuring small business owners who are just sharing the secrets to their success. Our next guest I'm super excited about because she had this aha moment and it's a really unique aha moment that gave her the confidence, courage, motivation, drive to start a professional services firm. She actually, I'll call it a boutique consulting firm. I love that word too, boutique consulting firm. And what does that exactly mean? I don't know. I used to tell myself that I was a boutique consulting firm owner too. It just sounded really cool. But her service is in the the dating space. So she's a matchmaker. But she has an amazing story about just what it took for her to put it all on the line and just go for it. And through Amber Lee's story, you're gonna just hear really practical, direct ways to gain just some insight into how to get a concept off the ground. So my question to you is, what's it gonna take for you? If you have these ideas, if you have these aspirations, pick your head up, look around. People are doing and what, what it is that you wanna do and they're living out your dreams. So why not you? Why not you? Maybe this is your aha moment today. I'm not just fascinated by her business, which I will call a boutique professional services firm or consulting firm, but it's just such an interesting just slice of, of life to understand the elite dating scene. But we're not really going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the business behind this elite dating scene. So Amber, welcome to the program. Hey, it's so good to be here. Tell us about your background. I'd love to hear your story that got you to starting your business about three years ago. Yeah, so I um, I went to college when I was 16. I was um, probably a little bit of an overachiever, but also just really excited to, to start adulthood and to take on life. And then when I was 18 years old, I answered an ad hiring a, a matchmaking firm was hiring a receptionist. So I answered that ad. I started working at that agency. I dropped out of college, um, found my passion, and I've been in the industry ever since. And, and when I was first in the industry, obviously, I started uh, kind of low on the totem pole and worked my way up to actual matchmaking. But I also, I ran a lot of other people's businesses for over 20 years. And then um, on June 1st, 2020, in the height of the pandemic, Sandra Myers and I co-founded Select Date Society together. So been a business owner, a co-founder for the last few years. That is great. Tell us about the industry. You don't have to spend too much time on it. I'm just fascinated by the matchmaking industry. Yeah, so we're, we're basically a high-end matchmaking firm. Uh, meaning that clients hire us because they appreciate the discretion involved with working with a matchmaker. They don't want their picture and profile online for everyone to see. So it's very different than the apps and the online dating. It truly is old-fashioned matchmaking. And we tend to work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, executives, celebrities, you know, pretty high-profile individuals who, are, who have everything in life. You know, their life is great, and now they're ready to find the person to share it with. 
So we talk a lot of in the small business series um, for season three of Bet on You about just following your passion, following your 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 skills and your gifts. Did you know that you had just an just a really great talent for connecting people? Was this something always about you? Or was it when you hired that ad that you were like, actually, wait, I'm really good at connecting people. This is awesome. Yeah, I never even thought about it as a talent or a skill until I started working in the industry. Um, I, although I will say I, I remember being a child playing matchmaker. I was very interested in who's going with who and, you know, putting people together like in elementary school relationships. But I but I think when I started working in the industry, I discovered some skills that I already had that really translated to, to being a matchmaker. Um, one of them, of course, was empathy and, and seeking to understand and not coming from a place of judgment, but really being an active listener and getting to know people. And then also the fact that I have always been an overachiever. I've always been like in it to win it. I've been very competitive um, and very results driven. And I think that serves me well in the matchmaking field, you know, in delivering results for our clients. Well, I think it's really great that you're talking about having this really wonderful gift and you had the experience of running other businesses. So then you had the hardcore business experience. I wondered, was that what gave you the confidence to start your company with your co-founder? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what was the, because you started during the height of the pandemic, which wasn't a popular time for a lot of people to start businesses, but yeah, tell me so about just what gave you that confidence. Yeah, we have a very interesting uh, founder story and what really pushed us. So Sandra Myers and I had worked together for many years as matchmaking colleagues. And we always said, you know, we can do this better. We feel like we could deliver better for our clients. We could take care of them in a way that wasn't happening at the companies that we were working for. And then um, on May 10th, uh, 2020, on Mother's Day, I was driving. I was behind the wheel of my SUV. Um, my mother-in-law was in the seat next to me. My husband and our daughter were in the back seat, And I had a sudden cardiac arrest. I uh, had no oh, previous wow. health issues. Yeah, my heart literally just stopped. Um, so here I was totally, uh, my cardiologist calls it a sudden cardiac death. I literally died behind the wheel, my foot on the gas. We drove over four lanes of traffic, hit a brick house head on. Uh, now the miracle in that is that a fire station was less than a mile away. And so first responders came and they were able wow. to use a defibrillator to restart my heart. Um, and I later learned that outside of a hospital, a sudden cardiac uh, event like that has less than 5% five per, uh, survival rate. And it's because you need the defibrillator to restart your heart. And so thank God we were so close to a fire station and they were able to do that. And so my husband always laughs and says, you know, I was in a medically induced coma for a couple of days on a ventilator and woke up a few days later in the hospital room. And he says, the first thing I did was ask for my computer. And, and he said to me, what? Because I am a little bit of a workaholic, but he's like, you're not working. And I was like, no, I'm not working, but I'm starting my own business. Like I'm not going back to working for somebody else because it put into perspective for me just how precious life is. And I, it really, like I became crystal clear, like all the dreams that I've been putting off, like now was the time to go after them and make them happen. And so I called Sandra, she was on board and we literally launched as I was recovering from this crazy accident and cardiac event um, in the height of COVID. So we had all these things that seemed like they would be working against us, but it actually ended up, I mean, it ended up being a beautiful time to start a business when so many people are at home lonely. That is the most incredible story. 
<laughs> I have heard about starting a business. I mean, literally, it was that moment of clarity. Now, hopefully, if you're listening, you do not need to have a heart attack to have that moment of clarity, right? right? <laughs> I hope that it, you could come sooner. But again, for you, that was just a powerful experience. And you knew who you wanted your business partner to be. Can you talk a little about the skills that you that, that Santa possesses that make yeah. her an exceptional, like you are the person I want to do this with? Yeah. So Sandra and I complement each other very well. It's almost, it's funny how our business relationship parallels both of our marriages and the relationships we have with our husbands um, in the sense that, you know, Sandra is from New York originally. She's a straight shooter. She tells it like it is. Uh, we both have that same work ethic and drive to get things done, but in a very different way. She's much more direct where I tend to be like a little bit softer. Um, and so it's almost like this good cop, bad cop in terms of like managing our team and dealing with our team members. So we both have the same kind of message and the same vision, but we deliver it in a, in a very different way. And I think we both recognize that in each other, that we complemented each other and could kind of play on each other's strengths in that way. Um, I will say that people think it's crazy to have a business partner. So many people say, why don't you just do it by yourself? But really, we would not be where we are today if either one of us would try to do this alone. We both need each other's talents and abilities to really create what we've created. That is wonderful. And you said the word marriage earlier, like, you know, I think about a business partner being a second marriage or relationship that you're in. And naturally, in relationships, there's conflict. How do you handle conflict with a business partner? Yeah, so I think just like in a marriage, communication is key. You have to be willing to have the hard conversations. You have to be willing to talk things out. And then at the end of the day, you have to be willing to laugh at yourself and at each other um, and be able to forgive quickly. I think that's the thing. We're, we're both of the mindset that we don't talk about problems. We look for solutions. And so if there's conflict, if there's something going on, we look for, okay, how's the best way to solve this and move forward. So you're literally creating a business in, in a hospital room. So what did you find as some of the easy things about starting a business? And what were some of the more challenging aspects when you were starting your business? Just even like creating the entity. I'd love to hear from you for that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I think that the naming of your business is super important. You want it to be reflective of, you know, what the business is. Um, you want it to be somewhat catchy. That was just kind of a fun process of testing it out and uh, sending it out to friends and family members. I think the easy things were the things that we delegated, like having our website built, um, getting all of our SEO in place, all of that we were able to delegate to different experts. So that seemed easy in a way because we were pretty hands-off. The more challenging things are the things that you're hands-on with um, or that you don't want to give up control of, like choosing your team members, finding the right people um, who really see your vision and share your vision and bring the right energy. Because I'll tell you, like one bad person who brings negative energy can bring your whole team down. And so we've really worked hard on you know, hiring really smartly, being slow to hire, and then quick to fire. So I noticed as I was talking about your title that you are the CEO and co-founder. That means your your business partner has another title. How do you determine that? Because 
often you think, you know, if we're going to be in a company, I want to be CEO or I want to be CEO. I want to do these things. Like, how did you guys determine just the roles, titles? And Yeah, Sandra's the president. We just knew one of us was going to be the CEO and one of us the president. Um, I'm probably more on the um, operation side of things. And we just thought it made sense for me to be the CEO because I handle more of like the day-to-day nitty-gritty of things, um, where Sandra's a little more big picture. But honestly, we are talking about what makes a good business partner. Neither one of us gets caught up on like the details that really don't matter at the end of the day. So it was pretty easy just to divvy it up and go from there. Absolutely. And I think, again, dividing responsibilities, it sounds like for you. So not getting caught up in the titles and looking at the work that needs to be done and just divvying that up. Was that pretty easy for you both just to say, you're good at this, you're good at this, you do this, you do this and get your roles and responsibilities aligned? Yes, absolutely. I think we're both very self-aware and very clear at what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. So talking about those upfront costs, how did you fund your business? Did you go get a business loan? Did you put on a credit card? Did you? Yeah. How would you? The, the meat and potatoes of starting a business, I'd love to hear. Yeah, so I will say that we really did bootstrap our business. We each put $1,500 into a bank account. So we had $3,000 to start um, and we just hit the ground running. We knew that we had to be laser focused on getting our first client in order to get the revenue to really scale from there. So we literally went from zero to a million dollars in one year. Um, you know, started, well, That's... I say zero from 3000 to a million dollars in year <laughs> oh, one, yeah. um, but we practically <laughs> started with nothing. And, and, you know, we were just really good about um, being logical at how we're spending our money. We knew a great website was super important. So we allocated, you know, funds to have a website built. And then from there, we really did a lot of networking on our own. We have our own networks being in the industry for over 20 years. So we weren't paying for Google ads. We weren't paying for marketing in the beginning. It was a lot of word of mouth networking. So again, not just wise with how you're spending your money, but really wise with how you're spending your time too. That's, I mean, that's incredible for a professional services firm, like incredible success in the course of a year going from 3,000, that humble 3,000, not quite zero, but pretty dang close to a million dollars, just being laser focused with your time. Do you mind? Like, how did you, how did you organize your focus so you could be so results oriented? Yeah, so I hear a lot of people think about starting a business and they spend time on what they think is like the fun stuff, like the creative stuff, like going on to Canva and creating cute little ads and marketing and setting up Facebook pages. And they're doing all of this stuff that's not going to really bring them revenue. And so we were just very focused. We knew that if we could get one client to pay us $10,000, then that's going to fund our first month. And that's what we set out to do. And that's what we did. I also you know, I'm a matchmaker, so I'm a little bit woo woo. So I do believe in like what you put out into the energy universe, the transference of energy. And so, you know, I feel like every step of the way we put out there, like, hey, we need $10,000 this month, we need to get our first client and boom, we made it happen. And then every step of the way we were putting out what we needed. And somehow, you know, we were able to get that. I am going to do a future bet on you series just on calling on supernatural 
powers and gifts to manifest your dreams because I am all into the woo-woo too. It's, it's just amazing, right? What you put your focus and energy, it attracts, which I'm sure yes. is some of the dating guidance that you probably put forth. But this is Absolutely. not <laughs> that part of the business. We're going to go back to your business. And so you start to see things happening. What were some of the first hires or that you wanted to bring in? Was it from an overhead perspective or did you know that we need more, more staff members to get out there and do the business? Yeah, we definitely needed help um, to make our vision happen. Happen. I think that, you know, no one person could do what we've done alone. It definitely takes the team. So our first hires um, were Hannah and Stephanie. So Hannah is our, our in charge of our recruiting efforts. We essentially act as executive recruiters for our clients. And so she's in charge of recruiting the right matches. And then Stephanie is in charge of our matchmaking team. And so she's the one that provides the client services. And so those two key pieces, um, we wanted to get the right people in place to kind of lead the charge before we brought anyone else on. And they're both with us to this day. So they both um, celebrate their three-year anniversary with us this month. That is incredible. I would love to hear you two talk about customer service because when you do run you know, this concierge professional services firm, customer service is key. You must have some guiding principles to offer our audience and what makes just a really great way for your clients to feel really special. I'd love to hear some of that. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to be a high-end service, um, you have to operate with integrity. You have to do what you say you're going to do. And so we never kind of close down a client's file um, without following up on what we said we were going to do. So for example, if I'm talking to a client and we're, we're really entrenched in a conversation about a certain topic and I tell them I'm going to find some more resources for you, I'm not going to end my day until I find the right resources and send that off to that client. Um, we celebrate our clients. It's the little things often that make a big difference. You know, we're sending birthday gifts, really nice birthday gifts. We're sending like a nice welcome to our clients, a nice lavish spa gift to tell them we want them to relax. They're in good hands with us. We're going to take care of them. And it's checking in. Like if somebody tells us that they're their aunt passed away or something personal, you know, we have a very personal relationship with our clients. So we're going to send them flowers and condolences. It's the little things that really make a big difference that make clients feel like they're cared for. And at the end of the day, that's what all businesses, yes, I know we're in the matchmaking business and it's a relationship business, but with any business, at the end of the day, your clients just want to feel heard. They want to feel understood. They want to know that you're in their corner. Yeah, making somebody feel special does not cost that much time and it really doesn't cost that much money. It's that listening, it's the thoughtfulness, it's the empathy. So I couldn't agree more. And I would love to hear some of the lessons that you've picked up along the way. So you're three years into your business and you've, you know, your your immediate success is impressive. What are some of the lessons, Amber, that you've picked up along the way? I think one of the biggest lessons is just knowing your own value. Um, and, and thinking about that when you establish your prices. So when we started, we were charging $10,000. We felt like that was a lot because we are a new firm. And we pretty quickly realized that even though we were a new firm, we had the experts in the industry. You know, Sandra and I both have been in the industry for over 20 years. Stephanie leads our matchmaking. She's also been in the industry since the late 90s. And so we really realized that we are delivering way more value than any other matchmaking agency out there 
Jennifer and these other agencies were charging more than us. And so we really went back to the drawing board and, you know, reprioritized how our pricing structure was going to be. And now we have clients who are paying us anywhere from 35,000 at the basic level up to 150,000 and more at the VIP level. And again, we're able to deliver on that. We would never take a client if we weren't confident that we could get results when they're giving us that kind of money. But I think just knowing the value and what we bring to the table compared to what else is out there, um, I think it's also super important to know what your competitors are doing, right? That's the way we were able to position ourselves as being kind of the leader um, in the space as we knew what our competitors were doing and they weren't doing nearly as good of a job as we were. And so I think that was part of our strategy too. But it takes time just to kind of figure it out. Like you have to be in your business um, to stay up on kind of the trends and what you see happening and what you're hearing from your customers. So key. I think that's the takeaway here, knowing your value, especially when you're a professional services firm and then not racing to the bottom when it comes to, you know, trying to get the deal. I love this. Okay. So final two questions. If you could offer some words of encouragement for anybody out there who has a dream, an idea, some sort of aspiration or ambition of starting a new business, what, what guidance would you give them? Yeah, I think my biggest um, guidance would be take action now. It, like you said earlier, hopefully it doesn't take a heart attack. Um, to make that happen for you, but you you don't need to wait for some huge life event to, for some aha moment. If you have like a dream inside of you, you need to take action to make it happen. I think that there's so many services that are needed out there. And they're basically, if you know that you can solve a problem for somebody, then you need to bake that a business and charge for it. People are willing to pay to have solutions to their problems. And so if you have a solution inside of you, get it out there. It doesn't take much to get a website up, start networking, you know, take action today. Great guidance. And okay, last question. And this is one of my favorite ones because I'm always surprised where our guests go with this, but complete this sentence. Do not start a business if you are not work, <laughs> you are not willing to work your butt off. Um, I think that's what it takes. I mean, at the end of the day, it, when you're in the trenches in the first year or two of business, you have to be willing to put in the work. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for your time. And again, Amber Lee with Select Date Society. We so appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Wow. Amber Lee's guidance was so incredible. And the three takeaways I had from that conversation, the first one was when she was telling me the story and us the story about how she started her business, I did not see that coming. I was not expecting that it was a little heart attack moment that gave her this awakening, a literal awakening on what it was she was meant to do. And just having that aha moment that clarified her direction. So we don't need in our lives to have that episodic scare for us to pursue our dreams. We can start right now where we are and just maybe even start by taking a walk, thinking out loud, maybe writing in our journal, clarifying what that business could look like, talking to some friends, listening to the Bet On You Radio podcast, just reaching out to people who can help us get the courage to start taking those first steps. So that's takeaway number one. Like, don't wait till something traumatic happens to you. Start today to pursue your dreams. The second thing that I took away from this conversation was just Amber's very pragmatic 
approach. Like, you know what, here's 1500 I'm putting in. We don't have a lot of resources. Let's use our resources wisely. You know, this is the capital. These are the goals. These are the hiring decisions. This is how we're going to divide responsibility. We're not going to focus on the drama and the conflict. We're going to focus on the solutions because lack of accountability and admiration of problems slow us down. We've got a business to run. Like, I love that. No nonsense approach, pragmatic approach to running a business. The final thing I took away, which I think is really important for us to recognize, is that our clients are gold. Yes, she works in a very elite space where customer service, people certainly do pay for customer service. But whenever we have our customers, we have to treat them like gold. Like in our Morsels Coffee Shop, our customers our gold. We want them to come back. It's easier to retain a customer than it is to find a new customer. So push that a little bit further. Relationships, key relationships are gold. We want to make sure we nurture and nourish the people around us because they're going to be our best assets in our success. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bet On You. I'm so excited that you're participating in this conversation and I hope today's episode gave you just a little bit more courage to live your dreams.